Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, I need you to say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today because it's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray today, Father, that as your word goes forth, it will bless us. It will encourage us. It'll transform us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And as I step back now, I thank you for the spirit of God stepping up So that he will feed every person in this room spiritually. And I thank you in advance that our lives will manifest signs, miracles, and wonders as your word promised. And I give you all the praise, the glory, and adoration for what will be accomplished and what shall be revealed in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. For the next three or four weeks, we will be in a new series entitled Maintaining a Spirit-Filled Life. Everybody say, Maintaining a Spirit-Filled Life. Now, this particular subject has been on my heart to teach because as our, as our church continues to grow, it's critical for everyone to learn how to live a spirit-filled life. As a matter of fact, I've been measuring our church growth. And uh, our church is a spirit-filled church, if you didn't know that, which means that we believe in the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. And right now, about 50% of our church speaks in tongues. And so my goal in teaching this is to inform you so that you can not only participate but grow spiritually in your lives. It is even more critical for those who may know what I may teach to hear it again. And here is why. Always, when you hear God's word, it always refreshes you, revive you, and renew you. And see, most believers have a driver's license mentality when it comes to God's word. See, a driver's license, you only have to take the test one time and that's it. Once you get your driver's license, you don't have to take the test again. And this attitude or mentality is the, oh, I know that, or I've heard that attitude when it comes to most believers. When we should have a food attitude. Everybody say a food attitude. This is when you understand that you never eat one time and expect that food to last you a lifetime. Neither do you feel that it is enough, watch this, to remember what you ate. Think about it. Uh, how many remember what they ate on Friday? Anybody remember what they ate on Friday? Uh, a few hands here. Uh, have you eaten since then? 
Sure, because remembering what you ate was not good enough. And see, most people, they have, watch this, having heard faith and not hearing faith. The scripture says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. It didn't say faith comes by having heard. And many people are living on a having heard word. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you already. Amen. The word says man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so this series is for everyone to grow by. And the goal of the whole series is to help you and I maintain a spirit filled life. Amen. Your life as a believer should be better than it was when you were an unbeliever. And as a pastor, I see many believers live a mediocre uh, spiritual life because they haven't made a decision to live a spirit-filled life. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Acts chapter nine, uh, Acts chapter 2. Now, I'm going to give you three verses this morning. Acts chapter 2, we're going to look in verse 1. John chapter 3, verse 1. And then Genesis 3.16. I'll say those again. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. John chapter 3, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 3, verses 16. I have three points this morning. I'm only going to cover two of them. I'm going to maybe mention the third one because it's going to bleed us over into next week's lesson. So if you're taking notes this morning, here's my first point, and that is we must get filled. We must get filled. Being born again of God's spirit is the first step to living a spirit-filled life. But here's the thing. It is not your last step to living a spirit-filled life. Now, in Acts chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 because it points out the first scenario of when the spirit of God was available for new believers to receive. It says in verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come... They, everybody say they, they were all, say all, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now it didn't say it was a rushing mighty wind. It says it was as of a rushing mighty wind. Look at the next. It says, and it filled all the house where they say they, where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them, say them, there appeared unto them cloven tongues, watch this, like as of fire. It didn't say it was fire, it said it was like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they, say they, watch this, here's the focus verse, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And this is how we know they were filled. Because they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, next week, I'm going to get more into what speaking in tongues is all about, why you need to do it, and then how to do it as well. Now, when you look the word filled up there, because it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, that word filled means to fill, to soak, or to furnish. To fill to soak or to furnish. And this word fill shows up in Matthew chapter 27 verse 48 if you want to <clears throat> write it down. And this is when the soldiers were uh <clears throat> they were they had put Jesus on the cross and he was up there dying and they were watching him die. And one of the soldiers tried to give Jesus a drink 
from a sponge. And this is what it says. And straightway one of them ran, took a sponge, and filled. There's that word. Filled. It means soaked. They soaked it with what? With vinegar and put it on a reed and gave it to them. In other words, I wanted you to see that the word filled means to be soaked. And when I'm talking about maintaining a spirit-filled life, I'm talking about maintaining a spirit-soaked life. Being spirit-filled does not mean you are getting more of the spirit. Okay, because sometimes when people talking about, talk about, well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, it sounds like somebody else might not be. In other words, what I'm trying to say is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean you're getting more of the spirit. Because that would make some people spiritually superior or people, uh, some spiritually inferior. But what I mean by being filled with the spirit, it means for us to give way or to yield more to the spirit. Amen. Because God's spirit wants to enhance our lives, influence our lives, and increase our lives. Everybody say God's spirit wants to enhance our life, influence our lives, and increase our life. And here's why. You and I cannot live the abundant life that Jesus died for us to have without having a spirit conscious life. Now, one of the benefits of living a spirit-filled life is speaking in tongues. And everybody, you know, who has learned how to speak in tongues has an advantage because it gives you a prayer language that you can't pray in English. And I'm going to talk more about that as we continue. But see, when you learn how to live a spirit-filled life, you will get to the point that you'll understand that it's not just for church. Living a spirit-filled life is for your everyday life. Living a spirit-filled life is for you when you leave here and not just for here. In other words, what I'm saying is you have to now take what you learn here and take it outside where you live every day. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I learned how to live a spirit-filled life. And I learned how to incorporate it into wherever I was. That's just what I did. And I'll never forget, years ago when my wife and I first got married, it was in 1996. We had been married a couple of years. And uh, we needed a new car. And so uh, I was searching for new cars. This is before, you know, the Internet was filled with places you can go and shop online. You had to physically go to the dealerships. So I drove around and I found this white Mercedes that I just knew my wife was going to like. And so uh, I, there were no camera phones. So when I got home, I had to describe to her what the car looked like. And uh, how many know it didn't take her long to get in agreement with that Mercedes? I mean, she's a smart girl. It doesn't take long at all. And so uh, what we did, we prayed the prayer of faith. The Bible says if two or three touch and agree on as having anything, we can have it. And so, especially if it's according to God's will. And you say, well, how do you know it's God's will? Well, it's God's will for me to drive and not walk. I know that. Amen. Just like it's God's will for you to have some AC in your car. It is the, I'm talking to somebody right now. It is the will of God for you to have AC. So, uh, we prayed together and, and I'll never forget. I got on the phone and the first 
place I called was my bank. I figured I banked with them. They ought to give me a loan. My credit is pretty good. And so I called them and they ran my credit and did all that. And, and they said, well, Mr. Connor, congratulations. We'll give you a loan for that Mercedes. I said, well, hallelujah. They said, well, there's one thing now. You need to put some money down. I said, well, how much money? They said $9,000. I said, well, I don't need you. If you, if I got to put down 9,000, I don't need you. You're not my answer. Now I didn't hang up and cry. And get discouraged because man told me no. Anytime you experience a no, that means that they're not your answer. Move on. And see, you can't sit there and say, well, God wants me to have the car, so I'm going to wait for somebody to knock on my door or call me. Well, guess what? You may not ever get a call because faith without works is what? So I start calling everybody, call, 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 no, 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 no. And finally, I ran across this credit union, and I called them, and and, uh, I can't remember how I got their names. And so, you know, credit unions are different. They have different criteria for you to be a member. You know, one of the criteria, well, your mother must have lived on Lemon Street when she was 12. Your daddy's middle name must be Leroy. (laughs) Your little brother must have six toes on his feet. I mean, come on now. What, what? So, you know, they was going through all this criteria and uh, they got down to the end. And I was like, okay, I, I don't qualify. And so I, I started getting frustrated, which is what most people do when they hear no's. That's why it's good to have a good wife or a good husband that's spirit filled. So I got off the phone. I told my wife, I was like, babe, everybody said no. She says, that is not the report of the Lord. I was like, well, I'm not the one saying no now. So, uh, I knew what to do. I didn't get upset. I didn't get frustrated. I didn't start crying. I didn't call everybody. Yeah, they said no, my man. They said no. No, I, I never forget. I laid on my bed as frustrated as I was and I began to pray in tongues. I prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues. And I finally, first of all, I, I prayed off that frustration. I prayed it off of me. And then as I kept praying, the Spirit of God says, Evan, call the credit union back. I said, well, didn't you just hear me, hear them tell me no? Yes, call them back. I said, but they told me no. I know what they told you. Call them back. Oh, so you now want me to get discouraged all over again? Are you going to call them or what? So I picked up the phone, called that same credit union back. I said, excuse me, I just called a few minutes ago. Can you like, and it was a different person this time. Can you just tell me what the criteria is to be a member of this credit union? So they went through all the credit, all the stuff. And then they, they got down to the last one. They said, well, you must be related to somebody who uh, served in the military. I thought, well, my dad was in the army. So I said, my dad was in the army. Does that count? They said, yes. I said, well, praise the Lord. I said, so what do I need to do to become a member? They said, well, you must open up a savings account. I said, well, how much money do I have to put in the savings account? They said $5. I said, I got $5. I got $5. I said, so now what else do I need to do? They said, well, you need to come and you need to fill out an application. Well, see, back then there was no online application. I had to physically. I said, I'll be there in a minute. I got in my car, went down there and filled it out. I said, so how long is it going to take for me to know about this car loan? They said, "Uh, 24 hours. I said, well, praise the Lord. Well, in four hours, I got a call back. Mr. Connor, congratulations. We will finance your uh, Mercedes. And by the way, you don't have to put no money down. See, that's taking the spirit-filled life out of church 
and putting it into, watch this, my everyday life. Because, listen, the Spirit of God does you no good if you're just going to use Him in church. He wants to do more than to make you feel good and have goosebumps doing worship. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I'm, uh, I was a sales representative for a company called uh, Airborne Express. Right now, they're called DHL. And at the time, I was a brand new sales rep for the area. And I was visiting all of my customers that were there just so I could get to know them and I get to introduce myself to them. And uh, my, my boss and I had to go visit one of my biggest customers because they were having a whole lot of delivery problems with their packages. And it was costing them a lot of money and it was costing us a lot of money. And so I'm in this meeting and I'm only there because it's my account. But they're getting ready to drop us because of all the problems that they've been having. So I'm sitting in a meeting, and it's a problem-solving meeting. They're telling us what's going on, and, and I don't know what's going on. I hadn't been to training yet. I was brand new. Didn't even know. In fact, most of the language they was using, I had no clue what they were saying. So I figured I'm not going to waste my time sitting here in this meeting that I have to be here. So I decided to speak in tongues while I'm sitting there in the meeting. So I'm speaking in tongues to myself. And as I'm speaking in tongues, the Spirit of God gives me a word of wisdom. He says, Eben. He said, the zip code on their account is wrong. And because it's wrong, it's rerouting all of their packages and they're going in different directions. So I thought, wow, okay. So I'm not going to say nothing in that meeting because I need to verify the Lord. So we get in the car, my boss and I, we get in the car. I said, "Uh, excuse me, Gordon. I said, Gordon, I, I think I know the problem that they're having. He says, what is it? I said, well... The zip code on their account is coded wrong in our system. He said, well, how did you know that? Or how do you know that? I said, well, the Holy Spirit told me. He said, who? (laughs) I said, the Holy Spirit told me. He said, well, how did he do that? I said, well, because I was speaking in tongues while we were sitting in the meeting. He was, you was what? I said, I was speaking in tongues while we was in the meeting. He said, what is that? I said, you know, he's like, well, okay. So we got to the we got to the office. This is a true story too. We got to the office. The first thing he did was went to his office, sat down in his chair, logged on to the computer, looked up their account, and guess what? The zip code on their system was wrong. And we fixed that problem, and it fixed the problem. And so then he asked me, "Well, how did you know that?" I said, "Well, the Holy Spirit told me." And and he said, "Well, I said, well, you know, when I was speaking in tongues, he gave me a word of wisdom." He said, "Well, how do I speak in tongues?" I said, "Come to my car, and I'll show you." So I walked my supervisor, my manager, I walked him through the Bible on how to speak in tongues. He spoke in tongues in my car that day, and his life has never been the same. Amen. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit is something that happens when we are born again. So go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Now, I am going to be very elementary this morning. Because there are lots of people in this room who has never heard what I'm about to teach them. So if you already speak in tongues, hang on, because I got something for you too. But those of you who've never heard it or have heard it, I need you to be patient with those so they can learn just like someone was patient with you when you learn. In John chapter 3, 
Jesus is about to give the criteria of what it takes to be born again. Watch this now. He says in verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that comes from God. For no man can do these miracles that you are doing except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, Nicodemus, Except the man be born what, class? Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, let me just say something here. Anytime you hear born again, that means you had to have been born some other way the first time. Because again denotes a second time. Are you with me so far? So watch what he says. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, now look up at me. Nicodemus is stuck in the natural. He's trying to figure out how do you get born again by going back into your mother's womb and coming back out. So he's talking about a natural birth. What Jesus loves him too much to keep him in confusion. So watch what he says in verse 5. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, Except a man be born of what? Water and of the what? Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now see, when a lot of people read that, they were taught that when he says you must be born of water, they make that to be water baptism. That is not talking about water baptism because number one, water baptism cannot get you into heaven. I'm going to say that again. Water baptism cannot get you into heaven. What was he talking about then? Well, I'm going to show you that he was talking about the natural birth first and then a spiritual birth second. Because he says you must be born of water and then of the spirit. Well, let me ask you a question. What is the first thing that happens right before a mother gives birth? Her water breaks, right? Well, Jesus is going to clarify what the water meant in the next verse. He says now in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh, the natural birth, is what? Flesh and that which is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. So Jesus was saying you have to be born first in the natural and then you must be born of the spirit. He says, marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. So here's the question. Why was there a need to be born again? Why was there a need? Now go to Genesis chapter 2. Why was there a need to be born again? When we look at the whole story of creation, when God created Adam and Eve, he created both of them in his image. And see what happened is in Genesis chapter 2, look in verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying... Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day, watch this now, watch the language in the Bible. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Now, I love the message translation. Watch how it reads. God took the man, set him down in the garden of Eden to work the ground and keep it in order. Verse 16, God commanded the man, you can eat from any tree in the garden except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. The moment, say the moment, the moment you eat from that tree, you're dead. 
Interesting. Because Adam lived 900 and I think 65 years. So if he lived 900 and something years, then why is it that what God said didn't happen? Because he could not have had a physical death that God was talking about. So let me show you what Adam's state was before he sinned against God. They're going to put up now my graph. Don't, don't, don't laugh at my little drawings. But this is the state of Adam before he sinned against God. When God created Adam, Adam had a pure heart. Say pure heart. He had never sinned before. And so I'm going to show you in just a second. You can see that Adam had a spirit. And see that heart? That heart represents his heart because the heart of man is spirit. That's why you can't see it. But the heart of man is where the Holy Spirit dwells when we're born again. So if you notice, his heart is red, it's clean. He had a soul which lived in a body. But what happened is once he ate the fruit, the Bible says the moment he did it, he was going to die. So what part of Adam died? Let's go to the next now, the next graph. It shows us now when Adam now disobeyed God, his heart got sin in it. Well, sin darkens the heart. Well, because sin was in his heart, the Holy Spirit and the sin couldn't dwell in one place. So now you have a sinful heart. You have a soul. He had his body. And here's the problem. The Holy Spirit, which used to live in his heart and speak to his heart, is not in there no more. And that's why the Bible says when God came to Adam after he ate the fruit, he says, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Listen, that wasn't a geographical question because God knows where everybody is. That was a spiritual question because he was saying, Adam, where are you? And so, listen... Adam said, well, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. And so I hid myself. What, what, what was it? What is that saying? The Holy Spirit now on the outside having to speak in. So that's why you and I have to be born again, because if we have to hear the voice of God from the outside, that won't work for us. It's too many voices on the outside. You got your mama's voice, your boss's voice, your voice, your daughter's voice, your dog's voice. So watch this now in first Peter chapter one, verse 23, it says being born again, not of the corruptible seed, which is the natural, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abide forever. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass wither it, the flower fades away, but the word of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. In other words, listen, in order for you and I to get born again, we have to hear the word. Why? Because the word, the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The word of God is the only thing, watch this, that can penetrate a sinful heart. Watch this, for you to accept Christ so the blood can cover your sin and remove it. So now we have to be born again. That's why we have to hear the word. So here now, watch this, we're hearing the word. We're being born again of God's spirit. The gospel is being preached. Watch this. He eliminates the state of sin. He doesn't eliminate your ability to sin. He eliminates your state of sin. That's different. See, the state of sin is what we were in before we got saved. All have sinned and and fallen short, what? Of the glory of God. So watch this. You're no longer a sinner because a sinner is a state. 
You might be a saint who sins, but you're not a sinner and a saint at the same time. Because a sinner is a state and a saint who sins is a person who has now been bought with the blood and now they are walking in righteousness. God, listen, Jesus exchanged places with you and I. He says, okay, they were sinners. They let me in. I'm going to exchange because, you know, somebody had to go to hell for you. You know, salvation is free, but it costs Jesus his life. Amen. So watch this now. Second Corinthians chapter one. They're going to put it on the screen because I want to show you how it's possible to live a spirit filled life. Watch this now. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 21. It says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God who has also sealed us and has given, watch this, the earnest of the spirit where, where, where the spirit is in our hearts. So the spirit of God comes to live in our hearts. Watch this. But that does not mean he has access to all of our heart. See, this is what most people think. Well, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he's going to make me stop doing stuff. No, he's not. No, no, no. He doesn't make us do anything. The Bible says uh, uh, that God makes us lie down in green pastures, but he don't make decisions for us. We make them. God doesn't want robots. He wants worshipers. And so most of us think that, oh, well, he'll just make me stop doing so. No, no, no. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He's going to lean on your will and that's why you have to say not my will but thy will be done and so most people think that he's going to make them do something but he's not amen see the bible says in proverbs 3 trust in the lord with all of your heart which tells me that i can trust god with some of my heart which means that if i can trust god with only some of my heart when the holy spirit comes to live in my heart that doesn't mean i have to give him all to it okay All right. Uh, You may come over my house and you have access to my house, but I don't let you in every room. And see, a lot of us, the Holy Spirit's in our life, but we've locked him out of a lot of areas. And until you give him access to every room, he's going to stay out because you are in control of that. You got to let him in. Amen. So here's point number two. Is that we should live filled. We should live filled. Ephesians chapter 5, look in verse 18, it says this. And be not drunk with wine. I like this verse. He said, and be not drunk. He didn't say don't drink it, but he said don't be drunk with it. Now, I don't advocate drinking because I don't drink. I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying I, I reached a point where I asked myself, what's the benefit? Come on now, what's the benefit of your, you, you and your MD 4040? What is it? I mean, what is it? What is it called? MD what? 2020. How y'all know? Let's put a modern version in here. Be not drunk with MD 2020. Be not drunk with Hennessy. Be not drunk with Cool's Light and Budweiser. Three words. He said, don't be drunk with that wherein is excess. But he said, but be filled, be soaked with the what? 
with the Spirit. And he tells us how. One of the ways to get soaked with the Spirit, he says, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's why your radio station shouldn't just be playing secular music because it cannot produce a spiritual atmosphere in your life. When you begin to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, the Spirit of God shows up and begins to melt things off of your heart. Be filled with the Spirit by speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that's why we gave you that deeper CD so you could play it. Because I'm going to tell you something that may bust your bubble. Living a spirit-filled life is not automatic. It must be intentional. I'm going to say that one again. Living a spirit-filled life is not automatic, but it is intentional. So how do you and I live an intentional spirit-filled life? I'm glad you asked me. Here's the thing. We must know and understand the benefits of the Holy Spirit. See, most people, the Holy Spirit is... Some invisible person, maybe like Casper the Friendly Ghost. And they really don't understand all of that. But the Holy Spirit has a job to do in your life. And if you don't understand the job that he's called to do in your life, you can't take advantage of it. And see, here's the thing. I'm going to read now First Corinthians chapter 2 because I'm going to show you now the role of the Holy Spirit. It says, but as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. Watch this. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. I've heard this verse preached tons of times. And I mean people preaching, ah, it is written, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. <laughs> and they stop right there. Now see, I couldn't do all that. That's, that's too much energy for me. I'm already tired right now. Most people, God is a mysterious God. He does things in mysterious ways. Well, let's just keep reading the, the, the verse. He says, listen, eyes haven't seen, nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them. God has some things prepared for you and I who love him. And verse 10 says, but he's revealed them unto us. How? Listen, there are some things that God has for you and I, you and I, and he only reveals them to us by way of his spirit. And then he goes on to say, yes, the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God, no man knows but the spirit of God. Now, we have received, watch this now, I'm going somewhere, not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us. See, you buying stuff that God wants to give you. See, he said freely given. See, until you have a relationship with God and you allow your life to be filled with his spirit, you will never get revealed to you what God has freely given for you. Now watch this now. 
Watch this. This is so good. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the gift. See, people think speaking in tongues is the gift. That's not the gift. People think, you know, prophesying, that's a gift. And that's why people don't prophesy or people don't speak in tongues because they think, oh, uh, uh, that's a gift. But see, the gift is the Holy Spirit. And uh, he has some things that he brings along with him for your life. When you, when you learn how to uh, operate and uh, uh, fellowship with the Spirit of God, He's going to bring some things. So watch this now. In 1 Corinthians, well, let's go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read that. You don't have to turn there. Acts 2.38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost. So who's the gift? The Holy Spirit is the gift. Now watch this, 1 Corinthians 12, as we close. It's going to now show us what the Holy Spirit brings with him. Because what he brings with him is going to help us live a spirit-filled life. 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse 1. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Now that word gifts, when you look in the King James Bible, it's in italics. Anytime you see a word in italics in the King James, it means the translators added the word to try to make the sentence make sense. Sometimes they did a good job. Sometimes they didn't need to do nothing. In this case, it's a pretty good translation, and I'll show you why. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give unto you to understand that no man can speak by the Spirit of God, that that uh, Spirit of God called it Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, watch this now, verse 4. Now, there are diversities of what? Different kinds of gifts, but it's the same who? Spirit. And there are differences of administrations. But it's the same who? Lord. And then there are diversities of how they work. But it is the same God which works in all. Watch verse 7. Because verse 7 starts out with a powerful word. But. And anytime you see the word but, it means in contrast to what was said. So he's saying now, but the manifestation of the spirit notice he didn't say the gifts of the spirit he said the manifestation of the spirit watch this is given to who who not a select group of people not mama not the pastor not the pastor's wife it's given to every man and it's given to every man watch this to profit with all these nine manifestations that I'm about to show you they're not just for you they're for people outside of you but the manifestation of the spirit not the gifts of the spirit because the gift is who the Holy Spirit. And the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. For to one, that word one means whosoever. For whosoever is given by the Spirit. Watch this. The word of wisdom. So one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is the word of wisdom. Amen. And see, the word of wisdom is when God will give you a solution to something that you didn't have natural wisdom for. It was like when I was sitting in that meeting and he tells me how to solve a problem I didn't even know about. And some of y'all got some problems in your business that can't nobody solve for you but the Spirit of God. And see, for those of you who speak in tongues, wonderful. But my question is, when was the last time you got a word of wisdom? 
because it's coming from the same spirit. He says the word of wisdom. He says to another, the word of what? Okay, so now we got the word of knowledge. Watch this now. It's not a gift. It's a manifestation. So if I get this, I got this. I said, if you get this, you got this. So now I have the ability to receive a word of knowledge. If I say years ago, I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this. Years ago, uh, I used to work for a church, and I was the last one to lock up the church because we had a long church conference. It was late at night, probably around midnight. So uh, I had this key ring that separated my keys. I had my church keys in this hand and, uh, you know, my house keys over here. And I had took them apart because I had started my car and I wanted to warm up because, you know, just to keep my car warm up. And I had the church keys. So I locked it. So I had to take the trash out. So I took the trash. I locked the church door. I put the trash on top of my hood because I didn't want to carry the trash to the dumpster. Okay, so uh, when I did that, I, I drove around to the dumpster. When I got ready to put the, pick the trash up, I put my house keys on my hood. And I put the trash in the dumpster. And uh, when I was in the building, I had an urge to speak in tongues. Didn't know why. Didn't have a reason. But I just, you know, it says, as the Spirit gave me utterance. So I began to pray in tongues. Didn't know why. And so uh, uh, I, I get in the car and I leave. Didn't realize my keys were on the hood. I get down 360 and I hear some slide off my car like. <sighs> I looked in my review mirror. I didn't see anything. I was like, I don't know what that was. So I just kept driving. Got home. Got ready to open my door. No keys. I was like, hot dog. That's what that was that slid off of my hood. Or off my, my top. And see, remember, I was speaking in tongues because I felt led to do it. So now I know why I'm speaking in tongues. I done lost my keys. I didn't want to wake my wife up. It's about one o'clock now. And so I said, well, let me just see if I can find these keys. So I circle back around. And I went to the same exit and I'm driving and I got my beams on high. How many know you ain't going to find no keys on 360 like that? But I was looking anyway. And I did about two or three times. Finally, I was like, forget it. I'll just get every key that I lost made. Then the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go one, one more time around. This time follow me. Well, I had nothing to lose. I said, well, okay, well, 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 come on, Holy Spirit, let's go. <laughs> so I get in the car. I go down 360. And I'm going about 25 miles an hour because the, the highway's empty because it's 2 in the morning. And I'm driving. He says, uh, now slow down. And then he said, get over on the shoulder, you know, on the side, you know. And uh, so I got over on the shoulder of the road. And he says, go slow, 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 slow. Then he said, stop. And so I put it in park. He said, get out. And I got out of the car. And my headlights were shining on my keys. Now, I don't know about you. That was not a coincidence. You say, well, Pastor Evan, I don't believe that. It don't matter if you believe it. That's why it won't happen to you. Because it only, listen, happens for those who believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. All things are possible to him that believe it. So if you don't believe it, that's fine. Just don't lose your keys on 360. He said, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Watch it. To another faith. Because, see, there are going to be some situations in your life that your regular faith can't handle. See, see, you, you, you may have a situation where you, you have to walk on water. Listen, if I have to walk on water, I believe I can when I need to. Because when the, when the manifestation of faith comes, doubt has to go. 
Here's my question. I know you speak in tongues and been speaking in tongues a whole lot, a long time, but when was the last time you operated in one of these? That's my challenge. So next week I'm going to talk about now. These gifts of healing, uh, discern the spirits, prophesying, uh, working of miracles, uh, interpretation of tongues. Uh, I'll dive as a... I'm done. Give me a hand clap. Can you do that? Next week, if you don't know how to speak in tongues, I promise you, you will know how to do it before you leave. Every head by and every eye closed. Here's my question. Have you been born again? I know you've been born the first time in the natural. But have you been born again of God's spirit? Let me, let me ask this way. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven?